so this is it, Aaron. This is the beginning. We kind of like we uh, dummied through this together last week just to see what it felt like. It felt pretty good. But this, this is our f- baby. This is the first run. It's so a beautiful baby. The cold start sessions are official. I guess that's what we're going to call it. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. I went with it. I'm just playing. So I'm, I, so I'm really just, with it. It's I'm, a genius name. It's all I ever do is just going with it, man. Yeah. Just rolling with it's it. It's the wave of the future. You think it's the genius, the genius name? Yeah. You just say that because cold start dabs are all the rage right now. We'll see <laughs> yeah, you in six months. They'll be like, okay, it's time to get a new name, Chris. <laughs> so today we have with us Miss uh, Christina Rizzola. Is it now? Is it Rizzola or Rizzolo? Like I've hear, I hear people say it both ways. People say it all, whatever they want to call it, but it's Rizzola. Rizzola. Yeah, and it's Christina, not Christy, Kristen. It's Christina. Yeah. Rizzola. Christina. Yeah, middle name Joanna, Rizzola. so you can just add that. Uh, uh, Christina. Uh, Joanna. So, yeah, my parents didn't think that one through. <laughs> so, so tell us why are you here today? What's your, what's your connection with? Uh, the Florida cannabis cannabis industry. I never really know how to answer that question. Um, first off, I'm a patient. Before anything else, I'm a patient. I've been, I've, I hate to say sick, but I was diagnosed with my first chronic condition when I was 23 or so, and I'm 33 now. I had to think about how old I was. So I know the life of a chronic patient for sure. Um, but then I also run a cannabis uh, medical practice where we do certification and uh, follow along care. And I'm a cannabis health coach, so part of my role um, outside of just directing that practice is I actually meet with every single one of our patients and provide a lot of guidance and counseling and support on how to actually use the medication. Right. Now, you said that, how many years ago did you say it was you were initially diagnosed with a chronic? <sighs> I think it was like seven to ten years ago. I, I can't even... I first started getting symptoms. Like, I've had GI symptoms since I was a little kid. Right. Um, I first started, like, getting in the healthcare system at 18. I had surgery on my 18th birthday. Wow. And then it was just kind of like a downward spiral from there. But I got, like, so disenfranchised by the medical system that I just kind of checked out and didn't – I didn't even, like, realize I was sick. I was dealing with cannabis, chronic pain and all that. But You weren't a really, cannabis patient then. Like, no, uh, so was, were you – but did you realize – I mean, I'm assuming you used cannabis – but yeah. did you realize at the time that it was something that was affecting you medicinally? Oh, uh, so yes and no. So like I've used cannabis pretty much since I was a teenager. Um, there was a break in there. Um, but it was all like as much as it was recreational use, there's also a lot of medical use in there because I've suffered with anxiety and PTSD symptoms and GI symptoms since I was a little kid right. and whether I recognized that at the time or not, I recognized that cannabis evened me out and made me function better. And it wasn't like I was using it to check out. Like I had a 4.0 through school and college and I was using cannabis every single day. Have that. you replaced uh, daily medications that you once took Oh yeah, that you don't even take yeah. anymore at all? Yeah. yeah. And that took being an actual legal patient. Right. Um, I needed the access to what we have available today. That made a huge difference for me. So I've been able to completely avoid pain medication. I haven't taken a pain pill in how long have I been a patient? A year and a half. Well, well over a year and a half. Awesome. Um, I came off of uh, Clonopin. I was able to do that prior to becoming a legal patient, um, but I was still using it kind of sporadically and not really having to do that. Now, I know this yeah. is a conversation that we'll get to because in, in getting ready to do this tonight, um, the, the topic's already kind of, of come up as far as like the expectation that you set for what cannabis is going to do for you. Now, you just, you just said that you haven't had to take a painkiller in a very long time, but we know that there's patients out there that 
you know, cannabis works for a lot of people and it works for everybody to some degree, but sometimes there's people that it doesn't seem to work for. Mm -hmm. Um, what exact, how much has cannabis worked for you in regards to the pain scenario? And, 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 and how, you know, how significant would you say is the pain completely yeah. gone and what's worked for you? What hasn't worked for you? Okay. In so to I can pain? like kind of quantify it for you. Um, so prior to working in the cannabis industry, um, I worked for the state as a counselor. It was a traditional, um, it wasn't nine to five cause I actually worked 10 hour shifts, but I was, had to be in an office, right? Like a traditional setting set times. Um, and I probably took at least 30 sick days, um, that's probably an underestimate, really, because I actually had to take some extended periods of leave where I took a full month off. But that's how severe and debilitating my pain and symptoms were. And then after becoming a legal cannabis patient and taking some time to really dial it in and figure it out, um, I went a full year without taking a sick day. And I just took my first sick day, and it wasn't because it was sick. It was because I passed out and split my head open, and there's not something like, you can't use cannabis no, for that. No. Like, is, this re is this the recent thing that happened? Yeah, right? yeah, this, like, just last just just two weeks, not even two weeks ago. Like tomorrow will be two weeks. And what happened yeah. now exactly? Um, Let's hear the story here because <laughs> yeah. I know what happened. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what all you said on social media. That sounds horrific. Yeah. So um, for the last year or so, I've been having an ongoing issue where um, I just randomly have an episode of syncope, which is basically just passing out and fainting. Um, we don't really know why that's happening. I'm wearing a heart monitor right now to hopefully figure that out. But uh, it happened and it was in the bathroom. I started to feel a little woozy, sat down and I woke up on the floor with my head completely split open, blood everywhere, screaming for my mm. husband. <laughs> it was a disaster looking scene. Um, but yeah, that's what took me out of work. Not my actual like I'm symptoms that cannabis could help. I'm guessing they've tested you for basic stuff like blood pressure issues and whatnot. Yeah. And that's yeah, we're right. looking at all that and haven't been able to I had to recently uh, start taking blood pressure medication. So the recent pleasures of getting old. So yeah. I can't even imagine what having to deal with it. With <laughs> what is old? that? What is You'll old? see soon enough, boy. Oh, yeah. Youngin' over Whipper here. snapper over here. Mm -mm. <laughs> 90s baby, he kept saying. So we felt like it was important to probably research you a little bit. Okay. So don't feel like we were stalking you by digging around on your site. Um where we were you like on we the night of yeah, March 10th? I'm getting uh, nervous. 2003. So, I, you know, we each had our own takeaways from what we saw there. Some of the things I took away were some of your quotes. You have some great quotes. You're a good writer. Thank you. I enjoy um, writing. It, but um, it takes, it takes uh, one decision to change the rest of your life. Like, that's your opening thing. And it's such a general, like, that's just... Such a general statement, but it like sets the tone for everything that you do, like in your blog and in like all your coaching stuff that, um, like, did you like toil over that line or was that an easy one for you? Um, a little bit of both. Right. So nothing's easy for me to decide on. We'll just put that out there. Um, but it just was very representative of where I was at in my life and how I got into this work. Right. Um, and it really just summed it up. And then that's what's most important to me in my work with patients and work with people in general is about empowering them to make those decisions right. and then just owning those decisions and seeing what happens. Cause you really don't know what's going to happen, but no matter what, it's going to change your life. And I know the conversations that we've had, uh, in the past, it seems like a, in a lot of the way that I've, that you fell into this in, yeah. I, I, I say every day that I feel like I didn't, that this is just something that's happening to me. Um, yeah. and 
I, I do. And in the same token, like I, I feel so blessed that I very much feel like I just fell into this. Um, but at the same time, my place and in, in how this has all developed has been like the perfect match of every piece of my career up until this point. I was going to say, I don't yeah. want to misrepresent yeah. your history because you have a master's degree. Yeah, I what? Do. Yeah. A, ma- a master's <laughs> yeah. degree in what now? Wait, what is a master's degree? Right. Oh yeah. It's that thing. What? <laughs> yeah. So what? a master's degree is a professional degree after you get your right. four year degree. So you did a lot of school. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, lots of school. Uh, so I have a master's degree in rehabilitation and mental health counseling. So it was a dual program. And I'm extremely st- relevant to what you're doing. Yeah, now. absolutely. Um, I'm, so I'm a therapist by training, a counselor by training. Um, I don't practice counseling anymore. Um, I've transitioned into the health coaching side of things, um, which is more that empowerment and and helping people actually make those behavior changes and make those things stick, which is where cannabis has just so just kind of fell into that because my background as a counselor is in dealing with people who have chronic illness. That's what rehabilitation counseling is. That's what my certification, my specialization is in. So coupled with the, with the coaching, it's just like this perfect match. Your cannabis cannabis experience. Yeah. And my experience as a patient. Absolutely. So like all of that together is just like this perfect match to really assist patients in just, taking on this cannabis journey, but more importantly, taking on their health and taking ownership for their health. And that's the coolest thing that I see happen with cannabis is people come into it just expecting to get pain relief or whatever. And it ends up spiraling into this, like literally them taking their lives back and starting to just be healthier all around because they can. I definitely feel like it's, it's that the, the, you know, and again, I'm sure we'll get more into the expectations, but people that expect cannabis to be like a pharmacy, to be like Mm -hmm. what we know as our medical, you know, uh, system before cannabis, that's the rules you're applying. It's not going to, um, you know, it's not going to work out. It doesn't. And I see that all the time. Whereas instead, this is more of a, you know, the old system is like, okay, I show up. They give me a bottle of little blue pills. I take one. I don't know why it works, but it works. And I just, I know it works because somebody told me it works and that's what I should do. And you don't know anything about it. You don't understand it. But with this cannabis thing, it's it's more like you're a Mm self-apothecary. You've got to be the one to test it and to figure out what works best for you. And you've got to figure out because it's different than everybody else. And the guy next to you, I can't ask you like, hey, what works best for your headaches? That doesn't mean it's going to work for me. I've got to experiment. And only I know your body. Right. It's art meets science. It's art meets medicine. And that's why I love it so much because that's exactly what counseling is. It's science, but art. It's very abstract. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's what I really noticed about you is that you really took like self uh, responsibility as a part of the coaching. Yeah. Oh, it's it's everything. Because. Even with me, what I'm treating, anxiety is kind of like a a symptom. It's not really the Mm -hmm. full thing. It's just a symptom. So one one of the things I do is that I stress eat. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. So, but I need to take on ownership of it. I don't always do it all the time, clearly, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm aware of it. And that makes me like, I used to not be aware of it and just... Awareness is the first step of any of any piece of it, any type of behavior change, any type, especially health, but any type of behavior change in general. If you're not aware of what you're doing, you can't change it. Exactly. You know, it just occurred to me, this is the first time that I've had a, um, uh, a dispensary front end, you know, uh, face to face with a patient sitting next to like a a medical side face to face with a patient. 
And I always wonder, like, where do, where are the limits? Where do they end and begin between what you can say to a patient versus what you can say to a patient, what you can't say, what you can't say. A lot of the time I hear that like patients lose, they get mixed up or whatever, they get it wrong because the doctor can only tell them so much. And at some point then the doctor has to defer to the dispensary. And then they go to the dispensary and the dispensary can only give them so much because at some point it becomes them, they're not dispensing medicine, they're dispensing medical advice and they can't do that. So, so I'd like to know more about that. Yeah. So I have mixed feelings on this, like lots of mixed feelings on this. But when it comes down to it, I think the back and forth of like, well, the doctor should do this and the dispensaries and that it's all BS. We all just need to be here for the patients and get the patients the information that they need. And none of us should be giving patients advice as far as this is what's going to work for you because we don't know. We need to be giving the patients the information that they can use so they can tune into their own bodies and figure out what's going to work best for them. And my beef with a lot of the dispensaries and the experiences that I get back is that um, a lot of times patients are very much just put into a product without them having all of the background information that I might have with a patient and the medical background and the understanding and looking at that full picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, the dispensaries need to be able to guide patients as well. And they need to be able to provide that information and help get people into the, into the right product. So it's, it's just a, so how, yeah, how do you it's, do it's that hard. in the middle of this wild west thing where it's impossible to know whether this guy, you know, knows what he's talking about or if this representative yeah. at this doctor's office knows what they're talking about? You just have how to be you... the quickest gun in the west. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that's really where it comes down on, on I don't want to say unfortunately, but partly onto the patient. And as a patient, as a consumer of anything, healthcare being one of those things, it's really important to to ask questions and to self-advocate. And, and really know, do your research beforehand. So like on my website, I have a blog post on things to ask and things to be aware of when you're choosing a physician. Like there's, you could have, I could do a post on things to be aware of, but choosing a dispensary, all those types of things. So what really, would you tell a new patient to be aware of when choosing a dispensary? Um, so... Oh, yeah, you're putting me in touch. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. While you have time, let me, can I just make a yeah, thing yeah. when I'm talking about interacting with patients? What I try to do is that I try to inform them of, they know, they already know what they're dealing with. That's already set and done. So I try to, to inform them of what they're actually using, what marijuana is. So I try to break it down into its smaller parts, the cannabinoids. I kind of just give them an intro to it. And terpenes as well. They don't really listen to the terpenes the first time I talk. No, it's confusing. All at once. It's confusing. It's confusing. So after a while, they'll come and then I'll notice that they'll just. What's the percentages of this? What's the percentage of it? So then, then I usually say, you know, it's not all about the percentages. My favorite product is. It's usually one to ones. Mm -hmm. Are usually where I go after. And then they look at the percentages of that and they yeah, they skin up their face and they're like, Ugh, that doesn't look good. And I'm like, hear me out. And then, then I start to explain how cannabinoids actually interact with them, them. And then I say also terpenes play a major role in the effects of it. And that's when they start listening. 
all that information, I used to, like, we try to, like, it's hard for first-time patients to, like, say, now, look at this PDF and this PDF and this PDF and this uh, document and research this and this. I kind of just start them off with Leafly, and then hopefully they'll do their information. I always tell them, you know what, just don't take my word for it on strains. Look up the strains. Mm-hmm. Know what you're supposed to be getting from specific uh, strains or phenotypes, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. So I, I, you can't teach them all at once. You kind of have to give like a little breadcrumbs type thing. And then there's, and each time they'll get, get to a point where like they think they got it. And then you just got to say, well, what about this? Do you ever run into mm-hmm. patients who are just like, they're never going to get it? Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Is it typically because of... I think what you said a little while ago about the patients who don't want to, and there's patients that are just unable, so I don't want to keep them out, but the patients who don't want to take that initiative and take, uh, it's hard, I'm trying to have, the patients who... They want it on autopilot. Yeah, exactly. They want it on autopilot. They're used to traditional pharmaceuticals. And I can respect that. They got yeah. too much going on in their yeah. day. They don't yeah. have time yeah. and to even think about going exactly. home and experimenting exactly. to see what works. And for so many of those patients, it's completely overwhelming. And then they have this, these unrealistic expectations about at times. And those are the patients that I think it's hardest because they just want the answer. So when you want to sit there and give them the education and feed them those breadcrumbs, the breadcrumbs, like yeah. I wanted to jump on that because that's exactly what it's about. It's giving them the pieces, letting them get there, giving them the pieces, letting them get there and meeting them where they're at. Those patients that come into it with that other mindset, they're not going to be receptive to that. They don't hear it. And it, it just it like almost it doesn't unless it clicks and they buy into that. Yeah, it almost never works. How often does any of this ring true for you, man? Like uh, being able to recognize when it's a lost cause, right? Or or when they're just not going to get it. Well, with, with certain patients, I don't. I don't necessarily think that all patients are lost causes or there are lo- any lost cause patients. I just figure Unless that there are the two roads reasons to begin with. No, there's just right? two roads. There's, there's the road of knowledge and then there's the hard road. Mm-hmm. And some people, they pick the hard road. Hopefully they'll get to the point where they can pivot back and kind of get back onto that same path. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I don't think anyone's a lost cause. I just see the differences in effectiveness. So the yeah. patients, and I think that's just important as a patient to know that the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. And that, that comes down to anything, but especially with cannabis, just because of the nature of it. Right. Right. What goes in is what comes out. What was that? We were looking mm-hmm. at that Puffco plus they have, what was that message that it says? Oh, oh I had the box. Damn it. Jay got his Puffco plus today. What does that message say? It says, um, you get what you put in. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. 100%. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's how it is with concentrates, as with it is with, with medical cannabis. So. Wow. That's a conversation I that I started cutting. having with every patient that comes into the door, whether they're experienced with cannabis or not. Uh, we were talking about earlier that even the most experienced patients come into this who've been using cannabis for years, and it's a completely different world. They learn more in their first year as a patient than anything they've ever experienced right. in 40 plus years of using cannabis. Right. Well, because, you know, all you, ever, all you ever had to know was how to roll a good joint. Exactly. That's and then they came out with machines know. for that and you didn't yeah. even know how to do it except <laughs> hit the little follow the arrows. 
And yeah, and now it's a whole new. I can't even. It. I thought when I got into this on the stuff that I do with the vaporizer devices that it was going to be just new patients. And I mean, it makes sense now. You know, uh, looking back, that it would there would be people there that have been smoking their whole lives, and this vaporizer thing is new to them. But I'm surprised how close the ratios are between people that like need tons of help mm-hmm. that know all about it versus the people that need tons of help that know absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I do some of my best coaching with patients who are more experienced. Cause it's easier for them to, to, to eat the breadcrumbs. Yeah. They can take more breadcrumbs really yeah. fast. Yeah. And they get to these realizations faster, I guess. Yeah. So good yeah. analogy there, Mr. J. Yeah, that was a good one. Breadcrumbs. I didn't even think of it. Just glad well, I'm not hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Feed me the breadcrumbs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I'm still following the breadcrumbs. Aren't we all? Yeah. That's what I, you know. I prefer I'm just, to avoid bread altogether, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have gluten-free bread, don't they? Yeah, yeah but yeast, and I don't oh, yeah, do that yeah. either. I'm a total carnivore. I'm from Texas. My boys are carnivores, man. We love like cheeseburgers, big juicy ground beef and steaks, man. Like, I mean, my, give me a steak that's like, um, you know, medium rare with a little bit of blood all day long. Amazing. Making me hungry Nummy, again. nummy, nummy. Right? Once you've tasted the blood, you can't go back. I love to cook. I'm with you. I cook a lot. Speaking of which, we need to talk because I need to find out how many of these recipes that you have on your website are worth me checking into <laughs> that are like, you know, yeah, aren't too, cause I don't even know what paleo is. You'll have to educate me on that. I know it's uh-huh. like ancient eating and it's like, not like yeah. eating the new process stuff. It's eating yeah, basically. the old stuff. But anyway, my wife, she just couldn't be bothered with cooking. She's a great cook. She just doesn't like it. She just doesn't want to even mess with it. So I've been the one over the years that has to cook. And when I came to the table in this marriage, I knew how to cook a mean steak. But I did not know how to cook mean tofu. But I wanted to be able to cook good food for my wife. So I've had to grow into this role. Luckily, we've been together for a very long time now. And I can actually cook some pretty good vegetarian food. But veggie cheese has no place in this household. Never will. It's disgusting. Nothing competes with dairy. Like, you just, you can't. Right. I saw a lot of great, you know, uh, was it recipes on on your blog? I wanted to ask, like, what do you notice with a correlation of dieting or different different types of diets or implements, as such, I'm rambling, and uh, cannabis use? Um, so for me, I think it just comes down to overall health. Um, and for me, diet was first and foremost. Um, if my diet is not on point, cannabis doesn't matter. It's not going to help. It just doesn't matter. It might alleviate some of the symptoms, but it's not going to make a huge role in my life because the inflammation in my body is going to be through the roof. Diet's everything in that respect. Um, But I think back into that cannabis can just help people live their lives more healthy and that when you start to use cannabis, you start to feel better, then you naturally want to start cooking for yourself or eating better or now you can move like you actually have the ability to move because your pain is less. Um, so it goes hand in hand in that respect. I don't know yeah. if that made sense at all. I felt no, like it I was didn't. rambling too. But. It didn't. <laughs> I, I, I think medical cannabis can help a lot with, uh, I mean, THC is a psychoactive drug, so definitely with perception, but also a little bit with physical. Well, I'm going to say a little bit more with physical. We're still, I think we're in, still in the early stages 
of understanding the cannabinoid system Mm -hmm. and just exactly what it can and can't do for us. So we're just like, like you said, we're right now in the Wild West, not just in Florida, but I think in cannabis as well. Once it becomes federally legalized and we can actually research it and actually understand what the thing is we've been using for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And see, that's, I have had a lot of conversations in recent months that I more and more think that cannabis is not necessarily medicinal. It's not a medicine. But the reason it's so miraculous is because we're not adding something that fixes or makes us better. We're adding something that was supposed to have been there all along because it was there from the beginning. I mean, it was, it's the crop that we learned how to, to do agriculture with. It's, we learned it, you know, and, and back before electricity and back in, you know, before technology and all, um, we had to really prioritize the things that we focused on between sunup and sundown. Mm-hmm. And because cannabis was like the prime crop, that tells you a lot. It was a very important thing to us. I mean, we could make our clothes out of it. We could make our shelters out of it. We could cook with it. We could eat it. It was, they probably learned at some point that if you chewed on it, it would make a headache go away, whatever. Um, but it was, it was in our DNA directly with that. And then also it grew like a weed cause it is a freaking mm-hmm. weed yeah. and every animal was eating it. They were, you know, it was everywhere. In the 1800s. We were eating those doctors. animals and then all of a sudden it was gone. In 1800s, yeah. doctors were like prescribing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was but research is starting to support that idea. Why do we? So I might fight you a little bit on the like it's not a medicine piece, but I get the overall well, point yeah. of what you're making. Well, you know, yeah, yeah, I get I you on that, that, right? Yeah, yeah. I get what I get it's you on missing, that. Yeah, it's yeah. a missing piece. But That's if you more look, of a headline yeah. Than so yeah, seeing, exactly, you know? <laughs> exactly. But if you start looking, there's some research um, that has looked into the endocannabinoid system and finding in people like me with fibromyalgia and other uh, chronic syndromes that it's actually the endocannabinoid system underfunctioning and not being to proper tone. And then when you look at what the endocannabinoid system does, it's responsible for homeostasis in the body. It helps that signaling, keeps the body at equal. Right. It just makes sense. That things would be completely unbalanced without it. Yeah. You know, and then also thing, I mean, what about stuff like, uh, you mentioned attention deficit disorder earlier, um, autism, you know, being on spectrum. I mean, you know, that changes. We don't understand any of this stuff, really. And we don't know what it is. We just keep coming up with new theories and giving new names and all. But that stuff wasn't even around. Maybe maybe some of this stuff. Not in the numbers that it is today. No. When you start, I mean, we can look at all the different things that contribute to it. But one of the things that we do know and science is really starting to point towards is the role of inflammation in mental health and physical health. And we know what CBD and THC does for inflammation. And I think that the majority of the patients that are seeing huge results is because that inflammation is coming down in their body. And that's well, It increases changing. blood flow. Yeah. I mean, it decreases pain. It's, you know, the best thing that I can do for a headache is not a painkiller. It's an anti-inflammatory. Exactly. Like an Advil. Exactly. Not a Tylenol. Exactly. Give me an ibuprofen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the understanding when it comes to even like mental health sides of, con- of conditions was always that it was like this brain imbalance and chemicals. And that's still theory. Um, but they're really starting to look at it's actually inflammation in the brain that is contributing to a lot of these chronic conditions, anxiety, depression, 
and stuff like that. Or mm. everything about society today just increases inflammation. So, you know, I don't come out with it much, but I have uh, a diagnosed adult uh, ADD. Um, and I didn't know this till recently, though, but I guess like uh, often uh, men are misdiagnosed. Well, this is according to my physician. Men are misdiagnosed with anxiety and depression. Uh, whereas because uh, ADD in, in adult men will present itself as anxiety and depression. But it's more complicated than that. It doesn't mm -hmm. just present itself as these things. Yeah. ADD can come with friends, they say. So like it can, you can have it, but then you have these other things along for the ride. And it makes sense on one hand, but then on another hand, it almost sounds like, you know, at some point, medical science is just spitballing, trying to like see what sticks and Pretty much. what doesn't stick. And say, yeah. yeah. as a medical professional, how much of it is that? How much of it is just theory and they're experimenting? It's, and it's all theory. I, I mean, so medical, like, hold on, let me take that back. Medicine, there's stuff that we can do. There's research, right? Like that's not all theory, right. but when it comes to things like anxiety and depression and the mental health side of it, which I can really speak to, cause that's where my background and training is. Right. It's a lot of theory and it's a lot of the DSM itself, which is where we come up with these labels and the diagnoses. A lot of us clinicians and professionals in the field think it's a bunch of bullshit. And a lot of it's about yeah. establishing what could potentially it's, be artificial baselines of what it, normal exactly. is. Exactly. And that's my thoughts exactly. And, and really what all of those labels serve to do is so that somebody pays for our health care. It's so that an insurance company can pay the bill so that we can get health care. Right. Like we have or, or sell drugs. So you can't sell a prescription unless there's a condition to treat for it. So right. sometimes conditions magically kind of How get many created. patients <laughs> do you have that you see treat ADD, ADHD uh, with cannabis? Um, I, I don't know if I can give you a full number on that one. I could like pull the specs and look well, it up I mean, later. Would but, you say it's a lighter, um, one of the lighter Yeah, conditions? definitely one of the lighters, but it's more of comorbid. So when you're saying it comes with other friends, we have lots of patients with PTSD who also have ADHD or other conditions or even physical conditions that also have ADD and ADHD. Right. Um, so it's not typically something that like, that's the only thing somebody comes to see us for, but often right. every day, I'm sure I see somebody with it at least. Right, right, right. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. What's your, what's your position on, um, I guess cannabis being beneficial as far as in terms of perception, like I brought up earlier, because I think a lot of it is perception based as in not just getting into it. Okay. Like what your perception is, but also like for instance, I um I have a benign tumor in my brain and it pushes up against my pituitary gland. So like I said, anxiety is kind of a symptom of it. Mm -hmm. It's I have a chemical imbalance. A lot mm -hmm. of things are going on yeah, yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So I have to understand like a lot like I said, for me it's a lot of it is perception based. I think things are going on, but things aren't really going on. Mm -hmm. You know, things are just going steady. I'm just a little wavery. So I, I know you do a lot of coaching. Exactly mm -hmm. how how can cannabis help with perception? I'm not sure I'm really following the question. I think I am. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. Let's, okay, yeah. so... Let me see if I can explain it a little bit more. Define perception for me. Like what you mean by perception. How I... 
uh, how I may react to a thing. Okay. So like in terms, so can I use anxiety as an example? Yeah, we can. Okay. Okay. Because that's especially easy to (laughs) use for it, right? So one of the things with cannabis, especially when it comes to something like anxiety, Mm -hmm. is it can go really well or it can go really badly. Okay. Right. So cannabis can make us a little hyper aware, right? Especially THC. Yeah. Um, So if you're one of those people who, when you become hyper aware of things, that starts to feed that anxiety process, yeah. then that perception of what's going on can really start to spiral. Okay. Um, so a lot of cannabis really comes down to mindset. Can you use that to your benefit, though? Making oh, yourself hyper aware. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Because um, I always feel like sometimes whenever that comes on set, for instance, I have, uh, I can't use this strange Jack Herrera. Mm-hmm. Um, my heart goes crazy. My vision crosses, I get a little vertigo, just mm-hmm. a, like a vertigo feel type of, but in low, I, one day I was like, I'm going to do something for science. And I started microdosing mm-hmm. off of uh, Jack Herrera. And I was trying to see if I can maybe control the heart, um, my heart, ex- heart going a little faster. Um, I don't think I did that, but I, well, maybe because I built a little bit of a tolerance over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I noticed is that like that, the vision cross over some time, it started going away and I started being more aware of what was going on around me, which then lowered my anxiety. Cause I was like, okay, so nothing, nothing's coming at me. So like I have a bubble that I'm fully aware of. So I wanted to see, like, I don't know, maybe I can't tell if it was all in my head. If that was perception or if maybe that was going on. You mean the physical symptoms? Because physical symptoms are physical symptoms, right? Yeah. Like your heart's no, racing, I'm, your heart's I'm talking racing. more. I'm talking more like, psychoactively. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Because really we say that THC is psychoactive. Yeah. But, and, and I, I have to administer in either CBD or, or sorry, low THC or medical cannabis. <laughs> Got to get all official here. Just, which just serves to confuse it. patients. I don't understand. I could go on a tirade no about is, that. No one is explaining it to me. They're just saying this is this is the way the world is. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, but no, we say THC is psychoactive, but exactly how it can be beneficially psychoactive. Oh yeah. So um, I think patients who have more cannabis experience and more experience just tuning into their bodies, mm-hmm. right? Like that's so hard for so many patients to do, especially when you're living with chronic symptoms for so long. Like you start to check out from that just to survive. Yeah. Like when you're that debilitating and pain all the time or whatever that symptom is, that's survival. You don't pay attention to it. Yeah, you, you have, have to have check to out. out. Yeah. So for I find it's hard for a lot of patients to actually develop that in awareness and perception that will then serve them to yeah. better use cannabis because they've, over so much time and rightfully so had to develop that disconnect that and, mental and that, block. yeah. And that yeah. distraction and utilizing all techniques for doing that. So I think, um, for some patients it's actually hard to get to that place. Yeah. Um, and then like you experience it, it can really be useful as a tool yeah. to continue using that building forward. So you can note your experiences and learn from it. And I encourage all my patients to journal, but you kind of use, have to use yourself as like a Guinea pig. Yeah. It's called N equals one. You are the experiment. Yeah. And when it comes to cannabis, like your personal experience is really the, all that matters. You can talk to patient after patient and you can talk to whoever you want, but until you use that product yourself, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So speaking of uh, personal experience before, um, 
you got, I mean, you've only been doing this thing in the cannabis industry specific for a couple of years. Year and a half. Um, but on your site, I think it said you've been 15 plus years. How, when did you yeah. graduate college? How long? So, you... um, I graduated college. Oh gosh. Can you make me do math now? What year did I graduate college? 2008 was my bachelor's and 2011 was my master's. Okay. Um, but I've been in healthcare since I was 16. Oh wow. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the physician that I actually run the cannabis practice with, um, I worked in, he was a primary care physician. I worked in his, his practice for, from the time I was in high school till almost till I graduated college. Right. You know that I work with patients, but not not even remotely close to the level of what you do. Um, but I'm sure that uh, you know that, like, I feel like I'm constantly learning. Like, I learn from the people that I'm teaching. Every day. And so, I guess, how much uh, do you bring your experience from when you were, you know, 16 years old, just starting in this whole counseling thing? How much of that comes to the table with medical cannabis versus like how much of it is like, you know, this is all new stuff that I'm just rolling with. Here. Um, so how I work with patients and like how I orient myself to working with patients and the approach I take that's ingrained in who I am at this point as a healthcare professional, right? right? As a coach, as a counselor, all of that. Um, but the cannabis information, I'm up till three o'clock in the morning every night. <laughs> like you guys know that, <laughs> right? We're all learning this every day. And that's what I love about it. It's changing every day. Yeah. I've never been involved in something so fresh and, and so constantly moving and constantly changing. I can only think of one thing that was this fresh that I was like deeply involved in. in the, the internet. The internet. Yeah. I mean, that was, yeah. I used to do dial up support and tier support and. This feels so yeah. much like the internet back yeah. in the late 90s. Yeah, really very does. much so. Very much so. It's still going on, too, in that field, and it's still going on, too, in this field. I can't... Like, the boom that will happen... I keep bringing up the federalization, but, like, if you look at Canada, imagine... Imagine America. Oh, this is an underground movement. This is mm -hmm. not a, a boom yet. Like, we're not I close. thought it was. Oh, no. I we're not even close. We're not even close. Man, until, I'll tell you no. this. Until a startup can kick and go get themselves a small business loan, there is no boom. Yeah. You just nailed it. You know, until it gets to that point, there will be no growth. I can mm -hmm. tell you from experience, like, I've been shut down every step of the way trying to do what I've done to make a profitable company that didn't have some other angle like it would have been so much easier for me to have started, tried to start a medical practice, you know, or to go to work for a medical practice mm -hmm. or partner up with a medical practice as opposed to I'm going to peddle vapes and teach people about vaporizers. Yo, man, what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are a lot of devices out there that there should are. not be devices. And I got to say, I refer patients to you all the time because I don't know that stuff. And like, as the medical side of it, I don't have time to learn all that stuff. Like as yeah. a team, we, and that's where we were, where we're talking about the dispensary relationship and the doctor relationship. It's so much about every, every piece of this, everybody in the industry working together to be part of that one patient's care team. Because if they're depending upon you to teach them how to fill their distillate cartridges on their own or what device they ought to move on to or this or that, I mean, not only is that not your wheelhouse, but it's also taking time away from probably very precious time you need to be spending yeah. with patients that have like real issues. Exactly. Exactly. And dispensaries having to like be in the game of playing the role of head shop and selling their own devices. So, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I feel bad for doctors sometimes because there's no possible way they could know everything. There's no possible way. It's they it's have a their crazy questions world. that I get are insane, and there's there's sometimes where I'm like, you know what? I'm looking it up right now for for you because. I can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and we're talking right now, when you say that, are you talking about the doctor's office in general or the doctor themselves? Because, I mean, sometimes I really, I do worry yeah. about the doctors themselves because, you know, like you or me or some of the other folks that we know in the industry that, like, you know, work in these doctor's offices that aren't the doctor, often they're just like any one of us. They have 20 plus years in this. They know what they're doing. They know mm-hmm. what they're talking about when they talk about strains and you know, cannabis and cultivation or whatever. But these doctors, man, they went to school probably three times longer than you did mm-hmm. to get what they have. And, and so their brains, are, and now they're having to stuff more new stuff in that totally goes against everything that they learned. And there's a good chance when they were in school that they never even learned about the endocannabinoid system. But what you just said at the end of that is really important, that it goes against everything that they learned. And one of the things that I've seen in the evolution of our own practice is just kind of a re- reorientation into how medicine is practiced right. and, and having to get comfortable with that gray area of cannabis and that the patient is in control. That's different than what doctors are used to. So as patients, it's really easy to get frustrated with some of the doctors in the system, but we have to understand that the doctors are learning along with us. We're yeah. all learning and go, doing this together. We're in the Napster phase absolutely. of the, the medical cannabis movement. We need, to, yeah. we need iTunes to hurry up yeah. and get here. Yeah, I think, absolutely. I think the most powerful tool other than a medical cannabis is a journal for sure i agree with you 100 percent. like a, pa- a patient journal you absolutely because even 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 still like i can't i can't remember all of my experiences exactly well that mm-hmm. makes me think about that app that you've been i don't necessarily mean to promote them because i haven't tested it myself but i'm still in the process he's the one that told me hey check out this app i sent you that i've that tried MJ a few different apps i've tried you? i've tried a few different ones i can't get into them yeah but when it comes to journaling Every pay, every person's different. You, you have one, to do what works best for you. Did you try the one that I sent you? Yeah, I did. You did. Yeah, and, and I've tried. Clunky. Yeah, yeah. It's a little also, clunky. Yeah, I've also tried strain print or something along those lines. And I'm like, I have to do it my way. And I'm with mm-hmm. that with all kinds of health journaling. And this has been like an ongoing thing. My therapist can attest to this <laughs> um, of me trying to journal is just like a nightmare. And I, it has to be my style. So every patient just has to find yeah. whatever is going to work for them whatever and stick with it. Yeah. I don't tell patients how to journal. I, th- that'll, f- I'll, f- I'll fail every single time. Just I just do say, it. figure it out. This is the information that you're going to need to use. Yeah. I don't know how you're going to do it. Go ahead and do it. And I think with journaling, it's really important that the patients tune into how they're feeling before they actually start the journal. Mm -hmm. Because so many patients will just write down what they're using and then like some arbitrary response, how they felt after. But they didn't actually rate where their symptoms were before. So they don't know how well it actually worked (laughs) because there's no way to really compare that. No. Especially over time. And you forget like it's so easy to not only that, but the next thing is, is that I have patients that maybe I'll see maybe three Three months later, and they're like, this, I, I don't know, man. I just keep having to buy more. It's because your tolerance is up. You have, your body is building a tolerance. Your body's getting used to this. And I can't show them that because they don't have the numbers there. If, if I, I, if I yeah. had, if they had the, if I had the numbers, I would say, look, you have doubled. You've tripled your usage. You need to take intermediate breaks sometimes just to 
you kind of it's it's almost like a tennis match with your body or use more CBD or use more CBD. Somebody was telling me about this whole 420 method. Have you guys heard about this 420 timer? Uh, 20 yeah. days on, four yeah. days off. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not going to commit to any ratio. I, I can't commit to that. It sounds like, like some number some stoner came up with because they didn't have to remember yeah, anything. Pretty like, much. Well, that's easy. Everyone, pretty much. Works. Everyone, like I, tell, like I say to everyone, everyone has natural receptors except TH, uh, cannabinoids, but how they accept them are unique to them. That also applies to how their tolerance either increases or, or, or decreases at that pace. It's all different. Everyone has different levels. It's like a different ocean inside of each one. You have to like acclimate to your own thing. Do you think mm-hmm. people like actually get to the point where it's just completely ineffective? You're just your yes. tolerance is too high, it does nothing for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I see that happening a lot with all the concentrates on the market and patients them, not knowing how to use them appropriately. But does it still get them psychoactively affected. Like where it's like at some point all it's doing is getting you high. Um, no, I think at some point it doesn't do that. It doesn't even do that. No, you just burn right. out your receptors and you become unresponsive. You just you literally just burn out your receptors. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's essentially what taking a tolerance break is doing is letting those clear out and reset. So, so for for me, because I probably should consider something like this in the near future. <laughs> Maybe likewise. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's other people that'll be listening to this that will want to know. Like, what what do you recommend for a tolerance break? Yeah. So, um, a lot of it comes down to how you're using too, right? Like, if you're using edibles your tolerance is going to build really rapidly. Um, so I, I used to take a nightly edible for sleep. I haven't been doing that lately, partially because of tolerance reasons. But what I would do is um, a lot of my symptoms I can predict based off of the time of the month. Right. So I would, when I was knew I would feeling better, that's when I would take a break. And then when my symptoms were really bad, that's when I would be taking my meds. But I would make sure that once a month I was getting at least four days off from those edibles. Um, and then during that time, I would try to load up on CBD and reduce my other THC content as much as possible. My symptoms are so severe that I'm not always willing to take a full tolerance break. Right. You know, and I, I specifically asked you about the uh, the ADD because I have I have mixed feelings about how effective it is for my ADD because I feel like sometimes um, it helps my ADD because it calms me down mm-hmm. like if I'm too like all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also feel like sometimes it uh, it can make me scattered. It can make me Absolutely. more all over the place. Absolutely, and I see that in a lot of my and own symptoms. See, and sometimes yeah. I think that you know, and I'm, I guess earlier on when I started to notice that, I'd be like, oh, well, it must be a strain thing. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It doesn't seem to be a strain thing. I can't tell if it's a metabolism thing or if it's a how much sleep I got thing or if it's a overall, you know, holistic thing. Knowing your know. sleep habits, I'd probably uh, have to go there. Coming. I knew that was coming. <laughs> Just saying. Also, do you think it's like maybe like a muscle, like you, you have to work it? I think Perhaps. that's I think that's a good point. Yeah, Perhaps. and I think that that's pretty true when it comes to all of cannabis. Mm-hmm. It, it's really easy to we we like the psychoactivity. A lot of us like the psychoactivity. I quite like the high, right? Yeah. And it's really easy for me sometimes to just go that route rather than what's necessarily the best option for me medicinally. Yeah. And there'll be times where like I know a strain is going to do what you yeah. just said, like the yeah. opposite of what you're going for. But yeah. I really like that strain. <laughs> That's how right. I feel about Kendall. So, I yeah. totally feel that way about Kendall. Moves black fire, shattered oh, really? the indigo. Oh, yeah. You know, it's been sold out every chance I've had. <sighs> Good reason. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
good. Yeah. Well, that good reason for me can go good or bad, but yeah, it depends which way that you're looking at it. So I wanted to bring back, cause we were, have discussed this briefly earlier. Um, not since we hit record on the microphones, but, um, and it may be a sensitive subject. It may not, but I you know, I feel like it deserves being talked about, um, for everybody to, to, to consider is the change in patient demographic, uh, coming into the system. Um, whether it be uh, from the lens of people that are getting their cards now, or whether it just be through the lens of what you you know the 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 people that you see coming through the front door at an MMTC, I do a lot of delivery, so I don't go to the brick and mortars as much as I once did, and I I hear things. Is there any truth to that from either one of you guys from your side? My side is a little different. So as a patient frequenting going into dispensaries, I see it at certain dispensaries, not others. Um, And a lot of that comes down to the brand presence and the vibe and the products that are offered and what that dispensary is putting forth. Um, In my own practice and and in our clinic, because of the nature of what we offer and the level of care and support, that's different than 99% of the doctors doing this. We're very much different. Um, so we don't attract the people who are just looking to get high or really the recreational. We attract the patients. And we're seeing actually an uptick in people who've never used before. 80-year-old retired cops. And wow. like, oh, I think I had like five retired cops last week. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was really exciting. trippy. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah. Right. So we're seeing a really cool uptick in those sorts of patients. Um, going into the dispensaries, though, I see the other side. Right. Yeah. I think that cannabis comes with a stigma attached. Um, kind of a kind of like a like a old timey history, you know, and you know, you get some of them who are just uh, you get some patients who are just they really need help, so they kind of go past the stigma and say, "All right, this is illegal for a reason. Let's see what this is." Uh, uh, let's see, I've tried everything. Let me try this. Or I don't want to go down this road, this much worse road. Let me try this. Um, it's an alternative medicine for sure. It's not a primary medicine in its current state, hopefully. Um, only now. Um, so with the stigma come also people who are like, yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that stigma attached. Let's see what this is all about. That's what I think is uh, hopefully the worst case scenario. And hopefully I can, over time, reach these people and then make some real progress with them. They have to have, I think they they have to address problems first. Well, it has to, well, but at first it kind of has to depend on what their intention is of being there in the first place. Because what if they're not there to address problems? I mean, let's just be real. Yeah. All right, and this this comes down to doctors' offices not like yours, mm-hmm. and doctors' Absolutely. offices not like the ones that that I'm close with and associate with, where they're writing scripts for anything and everything that comes in the door. Mm-hmm. We don't do that, you know, and and um, we know they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, then does your logic and your guidance and your direction is it worth anything to those people? Like you know. Because here's the thing is that it's, it's, that's the, 
we talked a minute ago about how this is so much like the internet and that it feels like nothing else has, you know, since or, but, how, but it's so different because it is a medicine, but it's also so unprecedented because it's also recreational and it was recreational in the mind's eye of the public before it was ever medicinal. And so you, it's going to be this duality and recreational is coming guys. We know that oh, absolutely. it's coming and, and I'm, and I can't wait for it. It's going to be a beautiful thing for everyone. It's certainly going to be a beautiful thing for patients because if we're lucky and I, you know what? I don't think luck has anything to do with it. I think we'll keep our tax free thing. If done correctly, it could be a beautiful it thing could, for yeah, patients. Right. And that's my concern. Well, I want to see, I'm for absolutely for, we're wrecked, for that, now. but I want to see the right, right. one. I don't want to yeah. see us in a worse situation than we already are. Right. And that's, and that's not I mean, to say that it could have been so much worse. It could have been so much worse than yeah. it is now. It could be yeah. better. I'm so it's grateful better. for where well, we are at the same time. Progress. We, we, I'm okay. I would much rather progress. Like forward momentum, and I do feel like we're making then, progress. Absolutely, lots yeah. of progress. I oh mean, yeah, there's new players in town now that are doing things, making waves, doing and doing things differently. We have and RSO on the market. That's all we RSO. have to say. That's all we got to say. That that save that is going to save lives. Yeah, we have to consider both sides of it because. One is going to deeply affect the other, and certainly what happens with recreational is going to define what happens with medical, whether it's for good or bad. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. It's going to define it because no matter what we believe or how passionate we are, the money is going to be in the wreck, and it's going to be all about wreck, buddy. I don't. I don't really pay attention to that. I don't think because in terms of if 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 you really want to look at it that way, if you want to say medical, if you want to do rec, it doesn't matter. It's all going to be uh, successful. It's all going to be successful. Oh yeah. So if you want to say, well, which bigger bag? I whatever. They're all going to be big bags. I don't care. So I'm not focusing on that. I'm more focusing on the patients. But I mean, the beautiful exactly. thing about that whole wreck thing is that in the end, that's all that medical will be anyway, because you won't need a medical prescription to treat something. You can just go down to the dispensary and pay for it and get it. That's true. But, but again, get for being you need a patient is no tax, maybe the ability to grow or be in, Cal you know, like in Colorado, you can grow a lot more. Well, this is a 99 th card. I think what she was saying is that like earlier with like she has a main focal point. And you have a main focal point, and I have a male focal point, and then we can always just like intersect with this knowledge. And I, my mo main focal point is like knowledge, having them informed. Right. That's my main mm -hmm. focus of the thing. I, for instance, you could have a, a, a product that is 99.9% THC, just pure, but it won't matter. If they don't have the knowledge, you just have a thing. Right. What is this thing? You know, what's in the box? Um, it's my job to explain the box and say, all right, this is what's in the box. This is what's in the box. What they do with that information, I can't. I, at that point, I got to give up. You know, I can't go home with them. So that's my main focus. If they're if and we were talking about the de demographic of patients if they don't want to use that knowledge, it then becomes a game of how long can you ignore a thing? How long have you been doing this? Only about a year. 
About a year. Before about the, a year, but be- I, I... Before this, what did you do? Before... <laughs> I worked in film. Suddenly we're interviewing... We're interviewing... Uh, <laughs> I worked in film before this. Uh. That's what I always wanted to do. My main thing was... And I now, wanted to now work we on, know why you're here. Ah, yeah. <laughs> no, my main thing is I wanted to work on films because I know that, like, like I said, per- perception is a big thing for me. And because I know that, for instance, art can help people, like, uh, either with deal with traumas or just process things or just maybe give an alternate perspective. You know, people are very... I, I, I don't know, maybe it's we're trained this way, but we think more as the singular than the collective. And the only way to, like, maybe even give that um, alternative is to maybe show it or put you in that type of position. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's great to see, like, because I can tell that, like, this whole, like, passion thing. I mean, obviously you <laughs> care about people. But like it's almost like you can see like that you've found your way into being a caregiver. Well, I mean, I don't think of it in as, this, and so you care a lot about it. Like you're yeah. very passionate, but it's new to you, and it's a beautiful thing. Just thought I'd tell you that. Thank you. You're welcome. I just think I I I'll, I'll always try to help people. I I think it's a natural thing. I I I get happier when other people are happier. Right. And so. And that's why, you know what, and that's why you stand out, man. I mean, you're not just a bud tender. You should be at one of these doctor's offices. You should be doing something (laughs) that, like... (laughs) Gotta get the title right. You know, I mean, I I think you should be doing whatever you can do to impact the most patients with the most of what you do, you know. Thank you. I, I... And it may not be as a bud tender. It may not even be as an MMTC employee. I think you you need to think outside the box, man. You know, maybe you should be maybe you should be the guy giving the TED talks. Uh, you know, I, my main focus again that puts me in the thing. I, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about no. Them. It's about the information that you convey. It's about the them, impact right? you can have. That's true. I, look I, at the I, impact she has, dude. Have you? I mean, you I've, should go look at her social media presence and like, man, she. Um, she has quite the uh, the push. I know. I, I you. I'm not on Facebook. I mean, I'm on Facebook, but I don't. I don't have the app. I don't have it. Oh, uh, I wish I could not have the app. That just sounded like <laughs> all my anxiety problems would disappear in about three seconds flat. I mean, it really. <laughs> I'm not gonna end. lie. It really does. Right? It really does help. But I, it's it's more. That's why I think I more focus when I'm at work. On on the patients is that I don't have that, I I kind of leave it at in those hours. So I really focus on that patient. I love first time patients. I really do love first time patients. I'm with you there. There is nothing better than that those moments when you're with a patient and there's nothing else happening in the world but that yeah. that exchange with a patient, that interaction. There's nothing like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've had some of the most profound experiences in my life in, in those moments with patients and with learned more about myself. Yeah. Really? yeah, with mm-hmm. cannabis patients. In counseling, coaching, working in the medical field, I have never done such impactful work as what I do now. And I've never had the ability to help so many people. I used to work with kids with disabilities. Like, that was pretty rewarding work. Right. I bet. And so, nothing comes close to this. Speaking of impactful work, not to segue completely from square one, but uh, 
in your more personal side of things, don't you, aren't you like a hockey coach or something? (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) I played hockey my pretty much my whole life. I played competitively for a long time. Health reasons. Not not so much playing anymore. You're not from Florida, are you? I I grew up down here. I moved here when I was four. Yeah. So I played roller hockey, pretty much roller hockey, got into ice when I was older. Um, not much, not wasn't much ice around Where here back people then. people do roller hockey? I didn't even uh, know that yeah, was a thing. Yeah, all over. Um, yeah, I played all over the country, nationals, like traveled. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done it all. So I grew up playing hockey. I was a goaltender. Um, I think that served a lot of my tenacity and grit for getting through chronic pain all the time <laughs> is just being a hockey player. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but while I'm not currently playing because of health reasons, um, I still coach and I run, I volunteer run a women's hockey league. Nice. Um, in my local community. How so, old are the yeah. kids that you that you coach? Um, so our league is women. Um, typically, fourteen and up is our league, but we allow some younger's in. So we have, I think, our lowest is what eleven or so. 60 yeah, six. Yeah. Is it, a, yeah. is it a physical limitation thing? Is that like 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 you could, you have to be a certain age because at some point you physically can't. Is it a physical um, thing? Just size. Size thing. Yeah, just size. Safety. Right. And that's why we'll make exceptions, like right. if somebody can handle right. Is themselves. Is checking allowed? Um, so you can't check, but like incidental contact is okay. Well, and that's, <laughs> that's subjective. <laughs> yeah, really that's subjective. subjective. Everything is yeah. subjective. Yeah. Yeah. Except yeah. for the but, objective. But subjective to what, though? Subjective to like to the, to the referee's yeah, eye? Yeah, so like yeah. you can't like step in into somebody's like lane and like play the body but like if you're going for the puck and there's contact totally cool i used to ice skate like pretty heavily as a okay. kid but it was not playing hockey i wish that sounds pretty cool i would have been a much different me if i had been playing hockey instead i was doing um like uh what do they call it i don't know i have a question in my head christina Sorry, I yeah. just, LA. I'm going to steamroll over everything you just said. No, it's fine. I don't want to talk about that crap anyway, actually. <laughs> then it would ultimately lead to me like wearing pink leotards and shit. And I don't want to talk about oh, that. Well, oh, well, I want these stories I forgot now. all my questions. <laughs> yeah, I want to show the pictures. All right. There's yeah. pictures of me. Were they pink? In a pink, pink, well, a portion of it because I was the only boy. Okay. And I, and in this dance class, right, and there's all these girls. And so there's this recital and I'm like four. Okay. I have to see these pictures. You're so unagile. And they're now. in what these happened? pink, foofy pink, because we're in Texas. We're in North Texas outside of Dallas. And they're in these big, giant, little girl, little pink, poofy dresses. And I'm in this, like, like 70s, because this is, I mean, what, 80? Maybe 81? 80s? Yeah, yeah. And so I've got, like, this, like, you know, four-year-old John Travolta suit with, like, <laughs> <laughs> white satin like bell bottom <laughs> pants with like silver sequins and pink trim the fact that i can picture yeah, your yeah. adult self in this is just freaking me out oh my goodness let's now see we have to be very careful about the things that go was it out. shiny what's that was it shiny or no no <laughs> the bell was very shiny oh it was like it was like sequins <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hold man. on, you made me forget my question. Yeah. Uh, with the hockey. But see, um, this is all funny, and I, I'm sure everybody's having such a laugh, right? But that you got to ask yourself, why was I there to begin with? Why were you there? Was it was it for because physical therapy? Because I was therapy? the only dude in the whole class. I would love being around the girls. <laughs> I really did. Even if I, was like, I just wanted to be around all the girls. Hey, I age. get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> You gotta get a healthy dose of feminine energy. But I got in it from ball- from not ball- from gymnastics. Like I loved doing like the whole re- 
I just remember like being able to jump into these foam pits and that was the coolest thing ever. Like jumping from 50 feet, a hundred feet into this, what they would do is take these Olympic size and Olympic depth pools and empty the water out and wow. fill oh, them shit. with foam cubes. Wow. And then people could practice like, can I do that now? Work. I know dude. <laughs> that sounds like Actually, Batman training. You can do better. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about your medical, so I don't yeah, know how yeah. physically able you are, yeah, but yeah. there are these, um, Damn, what's it called? Uh, Skylar's been looking at it. What's it called where they run on the wall? Parkour. Go find like a parkour course. And they have them in warehouses. You make me learn new words. Well, <laughs> it's French. P-A-R-K-O-U-R. It's French. Have you ever okay. seen The Office? A little bit. There's a parkour uh, uh, sequence. It's where, yeah, it's where it's basically where Dwight like, you'll see them, they'll... I feel yeah. like we should pull okay. it up. Pull it up on your eyes. Show her what parkour is. They use it. They they recruit. They they recruit a lot of kids that are good at parkour um, for film stunts now. Okay. Because they can do a lot of shit like where they like run and like jump through a car window and like nail it perfectly. They yeah, do all yeah. the, or they'll like they can run up walls and like. Well, he'll show you. It's real. It's real big in the Avengers movies. Yeah, yeah, it is. A lot of their movement style. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, to, uh, uh, before I show you this, but it's all the rage for the hockey question. Um, do you know who Malcolm Gladwell is? He wrote a book called Outliers. Mm-mm. No. Um, he has a theory or um, about uh, hockey players that the best hockey players are born around between us uh, certain months. Okay. Because. Um, is this like some Nostradamus shit? No, 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 no. It's like before. If you're born, <laughs> just before, tell me it was after, January, and then we're all good. Is that true? I'm just tell tell me that's the month that, that, that makes a good born? hockey player. Yeah, like I'm not exactly as long as it's sure. January. We know it's legit. I just know that if it they <laughs> why because you were born January. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, I, I don't. I, I don't remember it. I'm trying to recall it from memory. And THC definitely doesn't affect short-term memory. You know you've said not that like all. five times. Not, not for one second. <laughs> but you weren't the only one. Like I've heard. Like, Wait, I've said this before. Are we? THC uh, definitely we have doesn't affect it. Like, huh? Is this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? It's like, did this all already happen? Like, did we have um, this conversation? But no. Um, if you're born before or after summer break or something, you become a better. Uh, you're you're a better hockey player because you're you're either fully developed well more developed than the other players okay so like just age-wise just by enrollment yeah okay yeah because the like cutoff dates correct okay exactly but i don't know but first few months of the year first first few months of the year there we go you know oh oh, he looked it up it's legit january january 9th (laughs) best right there. she's like i don't talk about things that aren't legit So would you like to see like people doing parkour and failing or like good stuff? Good stuff. Show okay. the good stuff. <laughs> I was going to go with the failing, but yeah, all right. It's hard to watch sometimes. Yeah. I might have to take the volume. Down. I'm like, like the most brutal loss of teeth you can imagine. Oh, man. No, Clint, uh, what's his name? So this the is, goaltender. That's the best video ever. This person put like a, a GoPro a on their head or on their chest, but it's most likely just... Oh, I have never heard or seen this in my life. Parkour, yeah, this is a French thing. It's about it's just getting from point A to point B. But, but I guess we're the like most either ten and twelve year old would have to start training. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, do this yeah, stuff. yeah. You can go do it, and it's really. I mean, they say that it's like I'd the equivalent of like uh, like hot yoga. Like it's some serious. 
cardio. Yeah. Someone did parkour up these uh these really long steps in uh somewhere in China, I think. Oh, yeah, sorry. It, it is really big over there. They, I've seen in that where they they do like a lot of parkour on like rooftops of like skyscrapers and that, shit. That's yeah. There, there was, was uh, that the, the that's where the guy like parkour off the yeah. edge. Didn't know that guy that died last year. Oh, I didn't know that, but thanks for telling me. Yeah, I know that's no. horrific. <gasps> oh, he did not just do that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was gonna impale himself. Did his hat land on that on that lip? And this is all like just totally like independent. It's totally independent. Yeah. There are these other people who, like, what they do is they climb these uh, uh, either high-rises or skyscrapers or construction things, and then they just hang off the end of them. Uh-uh. No, that, I mean, I'm not saying uh-uh. ever do that one. You know, that's, I would never give anybody that recommendation. I can't, like, walk from my bedroom to the bathroom without <laughs> hitting my knee or ankle or something on a wall. Like, how do, no. Yeah. I don't know what he's talking about right now. <laughs> All oh, the stuff, I'm the stuff on the post really freaked me out. Yeah, because you think it's going to happen, right? Especially for a guy. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to be Okay, very... now I want to see the ones where they fuck it up. You want to see them? Yeah, I yeah. Oh, it's going to be... I want to see that from the beginning. It's going to be brutal. They know what... And, and YouTube knows what you want. Ooh. In the Clint video, okay, back to the hockey thing. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, Clint, uh, oh, Clint, how do you say his last name, Gary? Malarchuk. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? No, what are you saying? Clint Malarchuk. He was a goaltender that got his his throat cut. Is he alive? Yeah. Oh my god. Dang, that's hardcore. You gotta see the video. Does he talk? You gotta see the video. Does he talk? No, he's all good. He played after that, didn't he? Like not that game, but like he went back to his career. Yeah, his kneecaps are done. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't. Oh, yeah. See, I don't want to see any of that stuff. I'm not real big into gore fest. It's not named at you when it's real. Well, she saw so many people like, like doing like hop steps on like poles, and she's like, all right, I gotta see them. Like, I gotta see them not. How do like? But at the same time, it's good to watch. Like, how do you recover? But, in those seconds. So the people that are screwing this up are like doing it off of really stupid things. Yeah. Like a little kitty house. Ones? Like, yeah, that's going to fall apart. Oh, you just. Yeah. But they're, they're going into sand. Ditch. You want to see like horrific ones. <laughs> Take it up a notch. <laughs> yeah. I'll just write. Uh, not the funny ones. The bad ones. Uh, no, that one's horrific. So do your patients all know that you're like a big hockey nut? And... Not all of them. They know. Some of them know. Right. Yeah. I get they... asked a lot because of my tattoos. Mm. And that's my hockey number. Mm. So I get a what lot of like, what six that? mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a nine actually. But I know, but I yeah. bet they call it a six, They right? do all the time. Yeah. What? <laughs> I'm trying to find uh, uh, appropriate videos, but it's a lot of amateurs. Right. So, another thing I noticed in your in your uh, site information that we dug up on you is that like it, it, you had a paradigm shift moment, kind of like an aha moment. Um, and so often those things seem to come with uh, with trauma or some sort of major change. And I guess you guys were in a car wreck. Is that accurate? Yeah. Is that where everything... Yeah, so that was definitely a big defining moment in my life. Um, It had been a really rough year health-wise for me, and I was really at, like, what felt like the end of my rope. 
and being 30, what was I, 32 at the time, 31, 32 at the time, being that sick, like, and thinking this is what I have for the rest of my life to look ahead. Um, So I was in a really bad place to begin with. And then we got in a car accident. We were hit um, head on by a drunk, drugged, and suicidal driver. Um, You don't get really a better combination than that. Uh, Um, And I was in, I had like broken a rib and I had all sorts of spinal injuries and it really flared up everything that was already going on. And then it flared up years of unresolved trauma from my childhood that I had never dealt with. Um, So it really, I was forced into having to deal with some shit. Um, But at the same time, it was that car accident that actually um, made my way into the cannabis field. So it was during that time when I was recovering um, that Dr. Scott Gebhardt, who I'm working with currently, reached out to me and was like, hey, you'd benefit from from cannabis. Would you be interested in doing this? And it just birthed from there. Um, So that that moment literally changed Changed the rest of life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, Something I noticed, I see that you have an iWatch. I just purchased a, um, a fitness tracker myself. Um, do you, how do you use that, uh, to implement like you're tracking yourself right now? It's mostly being used to track my heart because okay. of this whole, uh, passing out fainting thing. Yeah. Um, but I really use it a lot for my sleep. Most like that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing for me. And if my sleep, just like my diet, so I said that like my diet is number one, but I'd almost take that back. So do you wear your watch when you sleep? Oh yeah. How yeah. do you keep your watch charged? I usually take it off when I wake up. And let it charge. It charges really quick. It charges really yeah. quick. Yeah. What you have an Apple Watch too? I have a I have a Garmin. All right. Um, we need I, to get you an Apple Watch. Buddy. I don't. Thank, sh- no, thank you. Well, let me show you why. Oh, but uh-huh. you don't have an iPhone, do you? I don't have an iPhone. All right. So I I use mine pretty because I do the AV thing, and when I do, mm-hmm. well, let me just show you the walking that I do when I fill rings. Like when I do like that gig that I did two weeks ago. Some days I'll walk 18 miles. Wow. In a day. Yeah. And I can really see the breakdown. That's probably the best thing I get from this watch. Yeah. I said, well, and when my heart rate goes up, mm-hmm. sometimes, because I have heart yeah. stuff, and so yeah. sometimes my heart rate will, will go up, and it's really good for knowing when that's happening. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. When I need to focus on just, like, calming down and yeah. letting yeah. breathing bring yeah. down the heart rate. Absolutely. Without my watch, I might not even know, mm-hmm. you know, or I might just like feel yeah. antsy and not yeah. realize it. That and exactly. Sometimes it tunes me into my, my anxiety that I've checked out from just out of survival. Right. And that it like I start to look at patterns and I've recently noticed like my heart rate going up and when I'm walking into certain situations that I never really even noticed that I was having anxiety for. And obviously I was. Right. Um, but even my what I noticed a lot was my heart rate during my sleep um, and this actually came down to cannabis. So I was using a lot of THC edibles at night for sleep, indica edibles for sleep, and they were working really well. And then all of a sudden I just didn't feel like I was sleeping as well. My watch was showing that I was tossing and turning and I started seeing spikes in my heart rate throughout the night. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was actually starting to have anxiety throughout the night as my tolerance was growing and I was requiring larger doses of THC. It started to not work for me at night for sleep and started to have the opposite reaction, started to trigger my anxiety and my PTSD nightmares and stuff during during the night. So when I noticed that using that technology as part of it, I was able to adjust it and I figured out that actually adding in a one-to-one with my THC at night made all the difference in the the world for me to sleep through the night. Right. I need to start. I I think we're going to have some conversations soon about CBD and one-to-ones and how I can. I try to. Both of you. I think both of you guys can. Because I'm pretty much uh, just running with like the Indica hybrid uh, Indica 
yeah. you know, thing. Yeah. But I do think that uh, I've noticed that the the hag. Oh, it's um, a phenomenal helps. strain. It doesn't necessarily help me like sleep, but I definitely notice that um, it helps with anxiety. Oh yeah. And, it's um, so grounding. Yeah, and 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 CBN. I had a, I had profound experience with, so far with CBN, yeah. uh, specifically the the Liberty Health patches, mm-hmm. um, and. Not, I mean, I've tried a fair amount of their stuff uh, so far, but not much of it has has really like worked right for you? with me or for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Like you know, it's just not my thing. But those CBN patches were profound, uh, and uh, and obviously the Mary's medicinals. Uh, that, but I don't really. I mean, I've known them since long before Liberty Health. I've been yeah. using the Mary's um, uh, Biofreeze mm-hmm. for a few years. I was getting it whenever I would go out west. I'd bring it back, and because that stuff. I don't know if you guys have tried that. But for muscle pain, man, that stuff is killer. Really, really. I works. just make my own topicals. That's, that's what I've heard. <laughs> Everyone has their own ways. How it works for me is that I have to like, thank God, like the technologies. Look, my phone just my my watch sent, uh, uh, updated itself. That's great. Um, I kind of use it. It's like this gamification. That's what like. I think a lot of the fitness trackers, um, I know the American Health Association is really backing uh, both Apple and Google with their, like Google has Google Fit. Right. Um, like you can get it on your phone. You don't even need it on a, on a mm-hmm. watch or anything. And it just tracks your, I think it's like heart points and I can't remember the other one. It's like activity points. And these are just basic things that you do to accomplish. Well, I know that they're like, like a lot of the ones that are doing the research with like the algorithm algorithms and the apps. Yeah. Uh, to, to try to like, you know, I know being able to, they, one of the big things they're trying to crack the code on right now is how to have a blood pressure monitor built yeah. into the watch mm-hmm. without having to have that whole pressure cuff system that we've always had to have. They're really mm-hmm. looking for a breakthrough on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, they think they're going to get it with, with certain lasers, but that's, I don't, yeah, I'm not real. Apple's starting to kill it on that technology. Their new Apple watch um, got FDA approval for ECG. So this stupid ass heart monitor that I'm wearing with the new Apple watch, I can do, do the, the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Really? The new yep. one is I had to wear one of those for the new like Apple watch 60 days. Couple years ago, yep. Mm-hmm. I think hum- like uh, like scanning the body. That technology. I, <laughs> I debated. I literally debated if I should just buy a new Apple Watch or pay the money to have this test done. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the new one. I, I, I when I was uh, like looking up different watches, watches, the Apple Watch was very appealing to me, just in terms of how what, everything it does, scanning, body mm-hmm. scanning wise. It's really up there. Like, I'm now very, I'm looking at it now. Like, the body body scanning technology. We talk about, like, patients being aware and stuff like that, but also having, like, readings to compare. So like, you for don't right have now, to wait to go see your primary care physician to get a checkup to know, mm-hmm. you know, what your stats look like. So one of these or, things, like, I have a, a heart rate sensor and I guess some other stuff. I still have to re- fully research it as I'm going. But one thing, one of the algorithms it's able to do is track my stress. Mm, so sometimes mm-hmm. I will think I'm having kind of a panic attack and uh, my watch is like, no, you're good. Don't worry. Good, and sometimes it'll think that I'm having a panic attack, and I'll just need to take a break. Have you ever noticed that, like, water? that whole like you think that you're having a panic attack when you're not, and it's what actually triggers, triggers the a panic, panic attack? Oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
my anxiety is so centralized to breathing. So the whole like focus on your breathing. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't work. No, it throws me into a freaking panic attack and then I feel like I can't breathe. Have you used uh, box breathing? When you like do a, a, the part breath? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that, that didn't work either? Oh, it, it can. But like when it's, I'm in that spiral. Yeah. The, yeah. That's the problem with it. The only problem I have with it, I, I'm not going to say it's not functional, but it's not functional for me because I'd, I like with my anxiety, I'd have no patience. So if it's like three sec or five seconds for each breath, like each breath part, like what's that? It's like three minutes or something. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. No, 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 no. So we noticed also on your site that you do support workshops. This is like a part. Now, is this something mm-hmm. that's directly related with the doctor's office that you yeah. work for? Yeah. So we do like what's regular. What's your doctor's office? Can you identify uh, yeah. that? Yeah. So it's Florida Medical Cannabis Clinic. We have locations in Land Lakes and in Spring Hill. Okay. And we also do home visits. What's the What's the doctor's name? Dr. Scott Gebhart. Okay. All right. Nice. And, and these workshops, is that with, that's with you though, right? Like as the cannabis uh, coach. So we do right now, we're doing just like seminars and we tag team it. So we both um, give those. Okay. Um, but in the upcoming year, part of my plans of what I really want to start offering to patients is more individualized coaching groups um, and workshops. And really, I would like to facilitate online coaching groups. I see. So patients people can, that are on the same page can be. Yeah. In the same group. So like I would actually say we have a group of six patients that sign on for a program. We maybe have like an eight week program of education and things that we test out and do. But then we meet together as a group so that we can learn from each other and encourage so each other. Both, and you have that accountability built in. Online yeah. And that's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it has to be, though, with people that are within your kind of neck of the woods, though. For, um, so I plan to the offer that. The get it, the get together side of it anyway. No, it'd be all online. All right. Yeah. It'd be all on, oh, online. Yeah. Online. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, good. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. We plan, we'd like to offer in-person stuff for our patients as well. Like we do, but right. my thing is I want to be able to help as many people as possible and you can only help so many people one-on-one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you were so familiar with this webinar yeah. thing when yeah. I started talking about it like a couple months yeah. ago. You know, you can yeah. get therapy on an app now. Really? Yeah, online like, yeah, therapy. Right. Yeah, the majority. So outside of the what I do with the practice with Florida Medical Cannabis Clinic, but I work with patients from all over the state. My coaching practice is remote. So I work with patients from all over the state um, and we do it virtually through video. And that's just you or that's also through the practice? That's just me. That's, that's just direct yeah, through you. Yeah, right? that's direct through me. And that's and, and patients could contact you on the website mm-hmm. about that? Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's... Aaron, I think that I think that you have so much to offer beyond being at the dispensaries, man. I think that you could have a lot to. Learn I know the whole time I'm thinking, like, do you want to be a cannabis health coach? Like, he could be, he <laughs> could be doing this, man. He, yeah. you could be doing yeah. this. Like, yeah, I like the, as I hear her tell the story, I'm like, wow, man, this is like this is. I think. Because you're so passionate about it, made, and I see how passionate she is about it, and yeah. like that's where it's at. I've made plans before, and they haven't worked out. So I'd rather just this is good. I didn't make any plans, and it's worked out pretty good for me. So I'm willing to just let you're it on the right track. Happen. Man. You're going somewhere. That's for you sure. Know? That's but for I'm sure. not really paddling right now. I don't have any. It's just taking me forward. Uh, I'll see where it goes. Right. Yeah. I mean, just keep putting patients first, man. That's, do I? I mean, do I have hopes and dreams? Of course, I have hopes and dreams. But I, again, my main focus isn't that right now. If I, for some reason, what happens with me is when I help other people, I end up helping myself. 
Mm-hmm. It gives me, uh, okay. It's it don't, and not only that, it, it like then makes me self-accountable. Like then, all right, I got to do it. I got to mm-hmm. do it. I can't just tell them that this is what's going to work. You have to leave by And example. then not do it. Right. I, listen, tea breaks are horrible for me. I don't like them at all. Uh, but I, I'm telling you that until now, this is the only thing that has worked so that I can maintain. When you go on a tea break, how long do you go? That depends. That depends on the products that I've been using. Um, okay, so what about me? You know what I've been using. <laughs> Lots of heavy concentrates. <laughs> I, Good I'm, luck. I'm not in your body. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to give... Uh, I would say... Um, What's your dream cycle like? My dream cycle? Yeah. Do you dream? Yeah, yeah but I, well, I don't always remember. You don't always remember? No. Not okay, like so I, I would... Not like I once did. I would, I would say... THC helps that. Yeah. Oh, helps with dreaming? No. It helps per- block it. Block it. Oh, That's why it works for PTSD. It blocks REM sleep. So, yeah. so I would say when you'll know that I say, I, I don't want to give a specific time frame. So what I usually say is you'll know, you'll have a very vivid dream <laughs> and you'll remember it. That's a really good marker for that. I've never thought like that is a really good marker for that. Really? So I it really just, is. I just take the time off. And then when I get to the point where I'm starting to have super vivid dreams. Oh, no, you'll, you'll know. You'll know. <laughs> You'll know. I, it has happened to me so many times where I wake up and I'm like, oh, that was a dream. That yeah. means I can go smoke a fucking cold start dab right now. Things are more detailed <laughs> in the dream. Uh, prior, like right now, you say you don't re- really remember them. They're kind of blurs. Right. They're more colors the, and shapes. Right. Okay. You know? You know right. you have them, but you don't know, know, know anything exactly. about them. Exactly. It's a, there's no, the other way? It's there's like, no, man, there's I no story. Crazy dream last night where mm-hmm. yada yada yada. Yeah. And you remember yeah. things happened. You remember it in sequences. I like literally details. have to write this down right now because that is such a good tool to give to a patient. That's just something I've noticed within me, and I compared it with different patients over time. You see, man, you are gifted at this, dude. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you, you undercut yourself and what you bring to all this in such a major way. All this information you anyone can find, and you have to just do things for science. Yeah, it's just, let's test it. <laughs> Speaking of testing it, mm-hmm. I'm like I, I'm, I'm the guy who found out found penicillin. I'm like, all right, let me see what this does real quick. <laughs> right. So and 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 so if they want to reach out to you for one of these support workshops, uh, what's the best email address? Contact, but you know, way way to contact you. Info at christinarizola.com or just go to christinarizola.com and that's Christina with a K. Okay. <laughs> And then, and then you also have the, another component, I think, that's probably, look, people don't always go all the way in on things. They'll, they'll take the easiest access uh, to the information they can get. And your blog seems to be that. And you're, you stay on top of that blog. I bet you anything, though, you say to me, oh, I don't stay anywhere near on top of the blog as I wish I did. Not at all. Right. That's Not at all. Always is, right? Yeah. If you could see, like, my in-progress list. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm just gonna put my head down right, right. now. Well, that's well. Yeah. Hey, I know how you feel. Yeah. I was trying to be a video blogger and I don't know anything. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. forget video. That's never. I... Yeah. There's just always so many pieces, but for me, I just want to get the education out there. I, I'm, I'm like you said, I know I'm good at writing. Like I'm, I have no problem saying that, right? That's my gift. And I really enjoy doing it. And some people really learn that way. So that's going to be the people that I can impact. And I'm going to put as much of that out there. Right. And I know that not all patients can afford the one-on-one work and the group work with me. 
and I want to be able to help as many people as possible. So I'm going to make sure that there's always free resources out there for those patients that can't afford that extra care and that extra step, or maybe don't need it. Maybe just need those little pieces and those little breadcrumbs to get there on their own. And I know you have a huge presence on Facebook. Um, outside of social media, is there any way you're aware that you, you uh, have a presence or you push yourself or uh, anywhere anyone can, can, you know, outside, like, is there anything that you do, like, that's outside of social media right now at all that's going on or? Um, outside of the clinic is pretty much my main focus. Yeah. 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 I should know if you yeah. guys do like any sort of like, if y'all are doing any like upcoming expo events or you guys do any outreach stuff or anything like in um, that so, area. So once a month we have that free seminar. Um, it's the first Thursday of every month at six o'clock in our Spring Hill location. Okay. Um, and that's a free educational seminar. If you attend that seminar, we take a discount off of your initial certification exam with us. Um, and you just learn a lot of great info. So that's a seminar for patients that aren't yet patients so yes like that's typically who it's geared towards but we have more and more patients who are established with us come just to learn or relearn right like because this is just so much it's new language like it's helpful to get it in as many ways as possible i mean we give our patients tons and tons of resources but to have like they get the information anywhere else it's like if they need the reinforcement of knowledge there's i mean nobody else knows anything about it and they probably keep it from a lot of people in their personal lives and there's a good chance they're not getting it from their doctors either and that's just the sad part of where we're at currently that's going to change and we're going to get better on that right but that's where we're at currently so we have the ability to put it out there for whoever can take it in come get it and that's why i mean even though you know what i do is not connected to the medical side at all like when people come and ask me things or ask me advice on something I don't hesitate to give it to them because I know that they must be asking me because someone much more important than me didn't have an answer, mm-hmm. right? Someone that, that should have had an answer, uh, and, you know, perhaps it was a doctor, perhaps it was uh, someone at a dispensary, who knows? But, like, the information's obviously not getting dispensed, you know, and there needs to be, you know, we're, we're, we're doing a pretty good job dispensing medicine, you know? Yeah. I think that there needs to be a better job dispensing information. And I think to do that the best, everybody's got to get on the same team. There's a lot of fighting going on right now. There is a lot of infighting. And infighting is not competition. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be. It can be. They're two completely different things. I I always, I think another reason, this is a reason why I don't, like you said, like I can really make something out of this and and whatnot. But I don't think I'm, like I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I don't claim to be one. I don't think I'm really coming from a point of authority. But it doesn't take like, a doctor when I'm dealing to help with patients. a patient doesn't. learn how to wrap no, their it, brain no. around cannabis. No, not at all. Or a cannabis experience. Not at all, but I don't want to... I don't think... I, I'm, I'm trying to use the right words here because I, just, I don't want to position myself in a... Um, a holier-than-thou type of... It's not. It's like... Look, it's like firewalking, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't expect them to just be like, oh, well, there you go. You know, and you can't there, expect there to be like some some expert. The only person that's the expert is the one that's walked on the rocks already. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you've done it. So like you know, you can kind of you can't really you can't do it for them. You can't help them do it, but you can give them some piece of information that's unique to you because nobody like all these do- none of these doctors have experience with any of this. Like a GPS, I guess. There's a huge, so there's a huge need. And I hear this from the patients that I work with from around the state. So those coaching clients that I get from around the state, I'm getting those patients because their doctors don't have the ability or the knowledge 
or don't want to because it's more of a cash cow for them, whatever the reason is, there's a disconnect and there's a need for pay. There's a need for professionals or patients or whatever it may be who can help guide other patients through this experience because there's not enough to go around. Like Mm. there's just not, (laughs) the information needs to be spread. There's not enough people to do it. There's not enough information. There's not enough people. There's not enough medicine. And there are some doctors that that do have marijuana knowledge, but most of their knowledge comes from their own personal research the, mm-hmm. or I, from their staff yeah i think yeah. or from their staff correct yeah. i think the majority of them what was hammered to them or stressed upon them was the laws oh well if you just look so i can speak to that the first so the physicians were required to take a course initially and it was an eight hour course i believe initially and it was mm-hmm. really good it's it two actually isn't two now? It's two now. But the original course was actually about cannabis. Now it's just about the system. Now it's just the laws. Yeah. The original course was actually and, and about cannabis the, and, and it was use, fair. It was balanced and like actually really? presented good information. And the second course is literally just the laws and was written by lawyers. I heard that the new one now is just all about how to use the back end system of the registry. Yeah, it's laws. To... It's the it's like the laws of the program and the requirements of the right, program. Right, right, right. Um using the registry, nobody gets guidance on that. They um they will redo the registry in the middle of a workday and not tell anybody. So us as doctors go in trying to handle patients and deal with patients and things are completely different. Wow. Those are yeah. rough. Yeah. Those are rough. Yeah. And that's a lot of patients really get easily frustrated by a lot of stuff and get frustrated at dispensaries and at doctors, um, not realizing how much of that plays into our day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm having yeah. a lot of flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. Right his now. head is down right now. Like nobody can see this right now. Yeah. <laughs> but my, I, my, I yeah. was in my brain. A lot of different. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, they kind of like low. T- what is low THC exactly? That's uh, so, not THC at all. Yeah, it's, like, it's the not THC. It's the un THC. I like. Yeah. I kind of feel it's just a it's it's a crazy labyrinth. It's, it's a crazy it's labyrinth. Really confusing for and patients. you can't and you can't get it wrong ever. You can't get it wrong, so you have to get it right every single time. You got to round up all of these things. You yeah, this is the and it, it's it's a tightrope walk for everybody because HIPAA is hammering. They are watching. They are watching. As they should be. Time. Yeah. No. They it, should I, be. That, like much closer, I think in 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 certain areas that they're not. I have a lot of beef when it comes to the dispensaries on that one. I believe in accountability for sure. 100%. Um, at the same time, I don't know. I the I don't have a problem with like the specific workers, but I just think the system needs to be tweaked in its entirety. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, the super vagueness of the laws is a thing I don't know. I don't feel good about. It's almost as bad as no law. Like it's because it's like because it's when you can't understand the law and the, the people that are abiding by the law don't aren't fully able to understand it. The people that are supposed to be, you know, the dispensaries, the doctors are supposed to be like, uh, you know, uh, acting within the law. They don't understand it. And even the law enforcement, they don't understand it either. Yeah, you have to well, show. Some, and no one's really enforcing any of it. 
Well, because because <laughs> nobody <laughs> understands it, <laughs> and because nobody wants to go there right now, there's yeah. too yeah. good a oh, chance yeah. that in six oh, months yeah. I'm going to show up at the front door. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's a, here's a here's a here's you're being served. Yeah, mm-hmm. enjoy that for mm-hmm. infringing upon my rights because there was a precedent set yesterday, and you know some other court case, and now I'm going to do the same thing. And you're mm-hmm. fucked, Christina. How do you feel about um or I would say lack thereof vendorship. You mean in the dispensaries? Third Just party. Like, like no, di- third, third party. Like people, like from this whole seat to sale. Okay. So like not having individual Correct. pieces. I yes. think the seat to sale system is ridiculous. And I don't think it can last long term. No, listen, it's I, not. I, not to and say that I don't patients. think, I don't think that a dispensary or treatment center can't do a seat to sale whole ho- through. Whoa, whoa. I just don't think that's... You, you, you need vendors. So you know Arizona is seed to sale. Okay. So Arizona is seed to sale, but they don't have caps on the grows, or if they do, it's like twice what we have. I, I shouldn't speak specifically on that. But the main thing they can do is wholesale to each other. So like... that's That makes a big difference. It's a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's what needs to happen. The problem with, with seed to sale, though, is like in any... It, it's ridiculous to expect any type of business to be good at everything. And that's what you're expecting these MMTCs to do. They're having to be good at logistics and delivery and growing and retail. And I mean, I could be here all night listing all of the different pieces of this program. Well, they that have they have to be involved in retail, but... And the current structure they do. In the current structure they kind of do. Oh, with, oh, yeah. Yeah. with retail, with, with devices. Right, right, right. No, oh, with I, their meds. Selling thinking, their meds. Oh, I was thinking yeah. about beanies and... No, I mean uh, retail stores. Right, right, right. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Right, right. Like, that's a lot of different pieces where in other states, you're good at retail. Like, that's all you do. You do that one Or thing. you... Yeah, yeah. And you allow third party to come yeah. in and do all the other bullshit. Exactly. Right? And then as patients, it's really frustrating that it takes so long for things to get up and going, but... Come on, man. You're a business owner. <laughs> you know what it's like to get you know, up and going. Even, even that whole thing seems murky because, like, you know, one, it's like, like what, what's going on with PAX in the PAX era? Afria didn't buy PAX to be able to No, so PAX they're licensed. So they do licensing deals. But they bought and they Mary's have to pur- Medicinals to bring Mary's Medicinals. They here. licensed. So they, they license. Mary's? Yeah. I they so they purchased No, it. so they license and they pretty much are, like, given their formulas. And then they use their own meds to... Mm. Produce. So like Sutera and Dosist. Dosist is a company from out in California. Um, I think only in California right now. And Sutera has to use their own meds. They're not using Dosist meds from out in California, but mm. they're using Dosist devices and Dosist formula and Sutera meds together. Okay. So that's what all of those companies are doing. Oh, so the Dosist, have you tried that yet? I haven't. I've seen the pen. It's like I've seen now, the, right? yeah, so I've seen like a dummy version of the How pen and the, techno- the technology. 90 or 100 bucks, something around that price. Hmm. Yeah, something like that. You got ties. You should get us some to test. <laughs> I don't have that kind of ties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll hit him up. If you're listening, it's, Sutera, hit us up. It's good. I just, you know, I mean, look, and I I would not be walking into it with any sort of mis, you know, like, you know, conceptions about what it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's not... Uh, it's for the microdose. It's for a controlled microdose and not having to think about 
what that dose is. It's like, for yes. new patients who are terrified. Right. We it's it's really easy for us loving cannabis and knowing cannabis and breathing like this being our life I to forget love, that piece. I would love to try one and to use it and be and I would and tell people exactly what it's like, but I can yep. never justify spending a hundred bucks on one because I would yeah. never yeah. put it to medicinal use for me. Yeah. <laughs> but I would totally try one and tell everybody how it is. You yeah. Know? For the right patient, it's really cool technology and cool device. Um, hopefully, may, do you think you can like uh, te- uh, teach me? C- yeah, can you teach me something about topical? Because I don't have yeah. a use for it. Okay. Um, at least not right now. I don't have a use that for it, so I of. can't. That I know of. That's true. <laughs> it could be. Uh, I could take some CBD topical, and um, then you know that could be a different world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but exactly how um, how does it play out for you? Or, or for yeah. patients that you, because so, I don't, yeah. Yeah. So I use topicals for different reasons, um, but primary reason is chronic pain. Okay. Um, but it can be also used for skin conditions. So a lot of the autoimmune reactions that I'll get, I'll like get rashes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's really good for any type of like spot inflammation like that or irritation. Okay. Um, but primarily I use it for chronic pain. Um, and I, I personally make my own topicals cause it saves so much money <laughs> yeah. in comparison to what it's being sold for. Um, but I love it for, gosh, all of my pain. Um, fibromyalgia with fibromyalgia. A lot of times we'll get, uh, what's called allodynia where it's like your skin is just super sensitive to touch and hypersensitive. So like, like you going like that, if I'm flaring, I I just like barely rubbed, rubbed his shoulder for, you can't see it. Like you were Um, a kitten. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I pet him. (laughs) Um, so if you were to touch me like that during Mm -hmm. a flare, I'd probably punch you in the face. Wow. Like that's so painful. I'm so hypersensitive to touch. So the topical creams, I can rub that in and that sensation within 20 minutes just goes away really and like that's some mornings that's how i get dressed is that more thc or cbd um so i use a thc and cbd uh combo i use a one-to-one or cbd and the reason why is um you have your endocannabinoid system you have a high density of receptors in your skin yeah but those are primarily going to be cb2 receptors which is what cbd has a higher affinity for correct um so you don't really have a high density of the CB1, which is where the THC is at. So it doesn't really make much sense to have a lot of THC from T- what I've seen. Yeah. I, and I've experimented with both and I get better results from the CBD or the combo opposed to just a straight THC. So if that science actually checks out, I have no idea, but okay. it makes have sense you, to have me. Have you tried a straight CBD topical? Yeah. Yeah. And then you tried the one-to-one. Do you yeah. prefer, you, I prefer, you prefer the one-to-one? I prefer the one-to-one. I feel like yeah. it works better. Yeah, they really yeah. play off each other yeah. much but, better. Yeah, I love them for the fibromyalgia pain. I also use it a lot for my endometriosis. So with my endometriosis, I'll wake up with, I'll go from a dead sleep to like nine out of 10 pain, 10 out of 10 pain. Oh. That'll be a cramping from my like right ovary down into my leg. Sometimes it'll literally like physically pull my entire leg up. The spasm mm. will be so bad. Mm. So I can rub that cream on and it's just like everything will just relax and, yeah. and Qu- come down. Quickly. It sounds yeah. Like it's yeah. Fast. Typically within about 20 minutes and it's really subtle. So it's one of those things that you put on and then a little while later you're like, yeah, I can move. Like, what's going on here? I've noticed with like, because um, I haven't really messed with like any of the creams and salves yet, other than like the the Mary's mm-hmm. uh, BioFreeze. But the the Move time release patches, they're seventy two hour patches. Yeah, that seems to work really well, like with inhalation, like as an add on. Yeah. Like I'll put it on like because I have um, like severe extrusions in my lower lower back, and so yeah. like I'll put it on the spot, right, and. 
if I was to sit and just wait for it to make a difference on the spot, I would notice absolutely yeah. nothing. But when the spot starts to flare up and I go and I vape either some concentrate or I vape some dry herb, you know, generally it's an overall like, you know, meted experience. Yeah. And I met a whole lot and like that pain will be affected. I'll be, all right, yeah, I'm starting to feel better, right? But with the patch on, I can med a lot less. Yep. Because it's almost like it's... Yeah. Pay some extra special. That's attention. how I use the patches as, as well. So I, endometriosis during my periods, I am incapacitated. Right. Um, and patches have allowed me to live and have allowed me to go to work during those times where I used to not be able to. Right. And it, that same thing, it provides that steady, like micro dosing, consistent dosing is like a nice baseline of the medicine. And then when I vape on top of it, it brings me to like full therapeutic potential, but I have to have that steady, consistent baseline. This is so great. Cause what we're talking about right here, you didn't learn any of this in school. You learn this through experimentation and just and research yeah. and research, just like looking yep. into it. Just you, there's no way you could have been yep. taught any of this. Yep. Like what I learned in school was how to tune into my body and look at patterns and, and then use people too. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and then use those patterns to then change behavior that, Whenever yeah. I have a first-time patient, like, I let them know straight out the gate. Like, what I'm about to tell you, you're going to forget. Yep. Me too. You're going to forget everything. <laughs> really? Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to forget everything I tell you. You're going to forget everything I tell you. What I want you try try certain products and then correlate. Go, go back and look at the information I gave you and correlate what you're feeling to what you're seeing. That's the best mm -hmm. I can do at that first time, you know? And usually they come, hopefully they come back and say, I do notice, now I understand what you were saying. Because I use like a lethal weapon, lethal you weapon reference. You always use movie I love references, it. man. I love like, it. Well, I just want to clone him for the dispensaries near my house <laughs> and for all my patients and around the state. Thank you. Like, you know, really. I do I do what I can. I, I, I'm just trying to, to do the Lord's work and really upset, uh, what's his name, Grady. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I listen to him. And I'm just like, oh, man, you could really use a one to one. Oh, could he ever? You guys got, you guys have some sleeper sluggers over there. I have an Ayla Wheeler to say. What do you mean? What? Some, some really, uh, some special people, Horse man. Wheeler. <laughs> oh, jeez. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's getting cut out. <laughs> yeah, man. Fuck. Shit. <laughs> I do not want to. I did not. Start I want to do this off I the cuff. I did not start this podcast to have to worry I about what I'm saying. I want to do this off the cuff. I want to say. Damn. First, you know. No, I get it. Oh, I know, but I get it. I totally get it. That's gotta go. I'm gonna start dabbing up here because we're. Uh, I don't know what you're talking. Been, yeah, I think it's about I've been time. Being good for too long. Yeah, so, I'm with you there. You know, I wanted. I did want to like to close up uh, with. I, for some reason, I mean, this is the first time I've done this. You are. You're patient zero yeah, for, yeah. for this whole thing. So thanks for being our guinea pig. Thank you for Take having me. For this. No, man, like it's an <laughs> like honor there's psychonauts and you're a pod knot. Podonaut. Podonaut? It's an honor for you to be here. And thanks for coming. Likewise. Um, but, I, you know, I found myself going back to more quotes. And I think that my favorite quote of yours was, uh, cannabis has become my catalyst. And... I take that one so personally because that's... You just gave me chills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what's yeah. happened here. That's what's happened for me. That's what's happened for like everyone that I've come in contact with 
on this. And um, I think it sums it up really well. So it's a catalyst where it's taken us. We'll see, huh? Mm-hmm. It's a very exciting journey. Mm-hmm. And to you, Mr. Aaron, thanks for joining me for Thank this. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. I think this I... is going to go well. Yeah, hopefully. We, we just got to do a bunch more of these in like the next uh, few days. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yeah, I, I, I had a lot of fun and I learned a lot. So that's, I, as long as I can keep learning, that's what it's I can keep helping. Because mm-hmm. so. if it's not, then it's just like we're just getting together and hanging out and doing dabs and it's like some, there's enough of those, right? Yeah. So exactly. I, want to learn. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to have fun and stuff like that. Oh, but the main phone, main focus though is help. I, I, I mean, I, I maybe I'm maybe I'm like over hammering it, but like that's what has I, I helped the most people is my focus not on me at all, and it's really helped me too. If I don't focus on me, then it's like how how, how can I put it? I have certain patience. And this is a hard thing for me to do. It's a, I try to, I, I, like, take them out of themselves. Kind of like, they're so, so wrapped the, up. Look at the situation less subjectively. Well, I know I get very wrapped up in my own th- stuff. My own pain. My own in inside. Well, we get wrapped up in our own everything. Like, that's just like, you get wrapped up in, in your own head. Exactly. Sometimes you gotta step outside of it to see it clearly. Exactly. And that's a hard thing for me to 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 relate to with patients because I think it'll help. I think it'll help us also with the THC. Um, with the tea break, sorry. Before they can look at anything like that objectively, they've got to be able to step out and look at themselves objectively. Yeah. And a lot of people can't do that. I think cannabis can help them do that. Maybe. Uh, that's that's very possible. I agree. With the right strain. Yeah. And the right vaporizer. <laughs> And education and, and support. education and knowledge, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, exactly. hey, listen, this is the Cold Start Sessions. Thanks for hey. being here with us. Uh, this is episode one, wrapping up. Um, our guest, uh, Miss Mrs. Christina Rizzola, thanks for being here again. I think we're going to have to have her back, man. Let's yeah. get this thing kicking. And Anytime. Maybe we'll learn more She'll be a regular. Wait, I want to get her over here. Like, uh, We need to get like a fourth guest that's like a bit more like on the other side like bring somebody over from the um from the empire yeah right and and, and we can like break this okay break it down just really like that's what this is what's all going about. on here <laughs> what's going on what's going on tell me tell this me is an this. edit point all right <laughs> have a good night guys day or day or day whatever